Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Sunday night. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by Superbook Sports. Not only do we come to you from the Superbook Sports studio, but Superbook Sports is your place to go for every major sport. NFL, they've got lines up for every game. You can bet on who the MVP will be, who will win the title, who will surprise the SEC, so much more in the Superbook Sports app. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. That's where you go for the best car buying experience possible. Since 1983, honesty and integrity is what Two Rivers Ford operates with. TwoRiversFord.com is how you start your search today. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, your dream address without the stress. That's what the Ashton team offers to you and the Intel Edge you need to succeed at GaryAshton.com. So, last night's game was, uh, you know, a, a necessary evil, for lack of a better term. Um, I think there was a couple of players who I thought really popped. I thought that Malik Willis, for example, was just more of the same, but you saw moments of progress. Upon first watch, and I wrote this last night for those of you who read me immediately after the game or maybe this morning at A2ZSports.com, upon first watch through, I felt that the Logan Woodside experiment needed to be over. Upon second watch through, though, I have kind of repositioned myself a little bit because I think I had an initial reaction to watching him play that the second look over on the television copy um, while I await the All-22 tape, I looked at that and said, okay, there was not as much bad for Woodside as I thought that there was. But we'll have a chance to talk about that. For those of you who did watch and who uh, players you were looking for specifically, there was a variety. You had guys like Roger McCreary making their preseason debut. Didn't play a ton of snaps, but did play. You had a uh, situation for Rashad Weaver, who I didn't think played very well in Baltimore, but was certainly active last night and made a couple of plays. You had guys who continue to show up who are fighting for fringe roster spots or, in more likelihood, practice squad in uh, David Anini, I believe is how I pronounce 54's last name. I've tried very, very hard to get that down, um, to be respectful to him. I believe Anini is how I pronounce it. David Anini, 54, who again was active in the fourth quarter. Um, looking for looking for all of these things and kind of diagnosing what we saw from the preseason, let's start with the good before we go to the bad. Um, in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, uh, your your assessment, whose stock most improved of the Titans who played in the preseason last night? Give me your assessment of what you saw, whether you were at Nissan Stadium last night, whether you watched the game on WKRN with our friends uh, Charles Davis and Dan Helley and Kayla Anderson, However you consume the game, what was your initial impressions of the players whose stock rose the most? Who helped themselves most in the preseason game number two last night? We will talk about this together. Uh, it's your Two Rivers Ford take. It is, as always, presented by Two Rivers Ford. There was a couple, There's a lot of different players to choose from, offense, defense, and, frankly, special teams. Because you know that uh, Cal Phillips, for example, against Starred, on special teams, Ryan Stonehouse, um, who I think 
I, you know, I like that he was able to run for the first down. I don't think that in a situation like where he's playing against actual NFL special teams players, that that's going to happen nearly as smoothly as it did for him after he bobbled the initial snap. Um, the offensive line, uh, I would probably wait till the next segment to get to them uh, at this point. But stock up players who you thought did themselves the biggest favor. Uh, Lewis says Tier Tart, who, by the way, is needs good snaps in the preseason. He did play last night. A couple of starters that play last night. Bud Dupree got a couple of series. Taylor Lewan, I think, played in the first offensive drive for Tennessee last night. Um, Tier Tart, though, is somebody who was who was in the doghouse at the end of last year. He's a healthy scratch a couple of times, and we talked to Terrell Williams, their defensive line coach, about that. Basically, said, "Yeah, he he'll play as much as his his." technique and his work habits indicate that he should play basically kind of sending him a message hey get your shit together a little bit ryan elaine likes what he saw from caleb farley again last night farley who did play a substantial amount of reps um for for cal for orlando jones rather he feels that cal phillips and chigaconquo helped themselves the most cal phillips was on the roster uh, long before this, but certainly you guys are seeing more and more of what, what we're seeing in practice. Certainly the, the return ability is, as Mike Vrabel told us today in his press conference, a bright spot for Kyle Phillips. It's your Two Rivers Ford take, whose stock most improved. Uh, we'll read more of your comments and I'll tell you how I felt about it right after I tell you about Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has the best possible car buying experience because they're going to make it easy for you no matter how you like to shop. If you want to do the Built For You program, which allows you to select any new Ford, any color that you want it in, with any customizable accessories, have it manufactured and deliver it to your door, Two Rivers Ford can do that for you. If you want to take a look at any of their new or pre-owned vehicles available on the lot in Mount Juliet, you can do that at Two Rivers Ford with one of the state's largest selections. And if you don't see the exact vehicle that you want on the lot, and you're kind of, you know, you want to keep your options open, just let one of their non-commissioned salespeople know and they will contact you as soon as something that might work for your family's budget and your family's needs arrives in stock. That's why Two Rivers Ford is the best, because they make it about the customer buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at Two Rivers Ford. Dot com. So when I kind of, you know, my initial assessment was I, I focused on Logan Woodside last night when I was writing my post-game article. Because what I what I observed basically, I didn't think Malik Willis was like drastically better in preseason week one to preseason week two, but I did see some places where he made improvements. There was uh there was work on the uh there was work on the pocket presence. I we talked to Mike Vrabel today about a nice timing throw that he had. Uh, a completion for 21 yards that showed him kind of the importance, something that they had worked on in practice and something that he hit with the kind of precision that they want him to hit it with. And it went for a an explosive play, right? A play of 20 yards or more down the field, which is fantastic. He's starting to get more comfortable in the offense. Now, there were still moments when it was sloppy. I saw a couple of different moments, for example, on one of the sacks, that he took last night where Jeff Swain's just sitting wide open in the middle of the field and he doesn't even look at him. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what Malik Willis is seeing in that moment, but instead of taking a sack there and kind of trying to get out of the pocket, NFL defenders are going to be coming after you. If you roll out of the pocket that way, it's not, it's, it's just not going to be possible for him in the same way at this level that it was in college. And that's okay. He can learn that stuff. Now you want him to do it safely. And 
obviously guys who are trying to make the roster are going to be coming after that dude's neck. But looking at uh, looking at all of the different things for the quarterbacks, you know, that was kind of my focus last night on the initial reaction. And what I said in my article was uh, Logan Woodside has a place on this team, probably on the practice squad, but I've, you know, I, I feel that he does not give them what they need beyond they trust him to know the playbook. Now, that is not unimportant, and he understands the operations pre-snap of what an NFL football team requires. But again, he had a turnover last night because he doesn't have the arm strength to take advantage of a deep passing play to Traylon Burks, who was wide open down the field. And it went for an interception. That's his third interception in two preseason games, and he's not really... He hasn't even played four quarters in these two preseason games because I think he came in halfway through the third last night. And in Baltimore, it was basically, he basically played the whole second half because they took Malik out after, I think, two plays in the third quarter, going back to preseason game number one. So, you know, about four quarters of preseason football, Logan Woodside can't have three turnovers in that time span. And he knows this. I talked to him about this last night. But in terms of players who like tangibly stock up, stock down, damn, if I didn't feel good about Caleb Farley watching him in an expanded role yesterday. And that was something we talked to Mike Vrabel about earlier this afternoon. And that, that's where you start to build consistency. You start to build, most importantly, confidence. And so I thought Caleb's second day was much better than his first day. And so you know, hopefully that we could string a third day together, which would have been the game. And I, think that that happened um, you know we talk about Caleb's emotions you know I mean he's just so excited to be out there you know he hasn't really played a whole lot of football and I noticed early on against the practices in Tampa he was pretty emotionally spent which then caused him to be physically spent it was just the so just trying to get him to focus on his emotions and keeping them pretty neutral so that he can have as much uh, energy for each and every play and to withstand the, the length of the game, the heat, the conditions that they have. I mean, Corn, you got to run. And so, you know, that's just another opportunity for him to, to get some conditioning. And, you know, it was good to see him have a couple good back-to-back -back days. Is that something you find up. yourself having to consider, you know, when you're evaluating Farley, the fact that he hasn't played the cornerback position? All, yeah, I mean, that's always something. And just, you know, whether he started with us and then you know, had the setback, had the injury, and, uh, more that you can see out there, whether it's formationally, situationally, um, one call may mean something. You may have some details in a call on first and ten, and then it could be third and five, and the details could change. And we're now we're talking about the stick situation. And, you know, we want to be pressed, or are we going to get picked, or just? And those are the things that I think uh, he's continuing to work on. So that's Mike Vrabel on Caleb Farley. And I thought it gave you kind of a, it was a good glimpse of what you see from Mike Vrabel and what is required of the head coaching position if you're going to do it right, right? You not only have to take into account how much the player has played just at corner throughout the course of his career. You have to take into account, okay, how did he manage the week of practice? You have to basically play not just football coach, but pop psychologist because you heard Mike talk there about I saw that he was kind of, you know, he kind of emotionally drained a little bit after early on in the practices, especially not necessarily having a great outing on the first day. Mike recognized that, made, you know, made the necessary adjustments, 
kind of focused in on making sure that Caleb was was adequately taking care of himself emotionally and physically to get ready for a week for an actual preseason game to be able to perform again to be in the right mindset and make things happen that way and get probably what was a better version of Caleb Farley than he then had they just said okay well up and down week of practice let's see what he's got in the game you know it's just it's a much it is so specific to the individual that I think for uh that I think for Vrabel, it's it's a lot. I think it's something that a lot of people forget is a part of the head coach's job. That you're not just managing, you know, personnel. You're managing personalities on top of the actual physical players that you're deploying at any given point and scheming with and working with throughout the course of the week. Uh, Vrabel, <laughs> Preston Moss says Vrabel didn't have to get T- TD like he did during press conference. Everybody gets got. Uh, today was Tehran's day. Tomorrow will be. Uh, let's tomorrow will be Karski's day. Wednesday will be my day. Thursday will be Terry McCormick's day. Like Mike gets everybody at any given point. And honestly, like, <laughs> I mean, cause Teron's Teron, the way that Teron's question came out, it, cause you know, I'm sitting, I think who was, so it, Teresa sits in the first chair. So that split, it's split up into two sides at the press conference. And on the right side, Teresa, Terry, me, Kaharski, Tehran. So Tehran's two seats down from me. And when I heard the question initially, he was trying to get Mike, and he got the answer out of Mike that he wanted, which is fine. He got roughed up a little bit on the front end. But uh, he got the answer that he wanted out of Mike. But when he said, you know, I'm just looking at it, uh, you know, I just, from my opinion, and then Brable obviously is going to take advantage of the opportunity to say, well, when I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if you to to put the uh to put the opinion, you know, in front of the head coach of the media member is never necessarily gonna go in your favor. But you know, I thought I thought it ended up being a great answer because you got to really, really I think Mike kind of felt bad on the back end. So he gave him he gave Teron the thing that he was looking for, which you know ended up benefiting everybody. Um, but stock up Caleb Farley for sure. Let's talk about players whose stock took a bit of a hit last night. I thought there were some other good snaps from a couple of players. Um, Trey Avery, I thought, played well. Just kind of looking at the got, the amount of guys that got in um, yesterday, I thought that there were some good snaps uh, from a variety of different players. I, I really liked what I saw again from uh, Christian Fulton, who did play a couple of series, just kind of going through my list of players who got some game action. I thought Hassan Haskins again was somebody who I'm excited to see a larger sample size of Ryan Stonehouse, who (laughs) had four punts, um, four punts for 188 yards. He averaged 47 yards a punt. So down from his, down from his 60 yard or what? 59 yards per punt last week, but he had a 68 yarder uh, (laughs) in this game. That was absolutely absurd, and he had two inside the 20, which is a really good look for him. And by the way, Brett Kern was right there with him, 43. uh, He had two punts um, in the first half for an average of 43, and he also hit both of his inside the 20. Um, So keeping pace in the special teams uh, situation, kind of keeping an eye on that. Defensively, Adrian Colbert, I really think, kind of stood out as one of the newer newer safeties that they're trying to get snaps of. 
Um, I saw Lonnie Johnson Jr. was active in there and Tyree Gillespie. So you're seeing a couple of different players as they look at the bottom of the depth at certain positions to kind of figure out what they have and who can play and how much they can use on a short week. Uh, Brian Badillo says, I don't agree with Farley stock up. Well, then you're going to have to expand um, because, of course, that was not something that that anybody – I mean, that's not something that the tape would indicate. That's not something that the coaching staff indicated. This is – if you have a reason, I'd be curious to hear it, Brian, but in the absence of – um, uh, you know, any, in the absence of, um, any informed opinion on the matter, then I would say to you that you are uh, likely incorrect. Uh, but that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Your opinion can be wrong based on how he performed last night. Um, but again, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Chris stress says is chestnut on the roster you think, or is four backs too much, but it's not just four running backs. You know, that's why like, Chestnut on the practice squad would be fine. Chestnut on the active roster, I would look at. I would look at it and be like, no. I mean, what are we, what are we doing here? Uh, I think that uh, the, I think to put uh, Julius Chestnut on the roster because it's not just four running backs; it's five backs total because you have to include Tory Carter, the fullback, in that conversation. To keep three running backs with the fullback is likely how that's going to go down. To keep four running backs. And a fullback when so many, uh, when so many, um, <laughs> when so many teams don't even have a fullback at, at anymore in their in their offense or like a true fullback, the way that the Titans do, I think that uh, I think that three with a fullback is is plenty. And if and if Chestnut doesn't get snatched off the practice squad, then you know I think they'd be happy to have him. And if he does, then maybe he has better opportunity elsewhere uh we also did you know there's there's a bunch of different players that you could go through but let's go let's talk about the guys who didn't necessarily uh improve the way that you wanted to see improvement um i want to know who do you think the preseason game uh who do you think stock was hurt the most by the preseason game last night as dp brings up a player who is going to be a part of this conversation uh, what are your thoughts on Dylan Radens? Radens is one of the players who you could take a look at and say stock down. Let's talk about this together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll get into the conversation right after I remind you about the fact that we are not just broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studio, but we are also presented to you by Superbook Sports. Get in on the action and bring Vegas to the palm of your hand with the Superbook Sports app right now. Google uh, or Google Play Store, you can get it. The Apple Store, you can get it. And they will match your first bet up to $1,000, whether it wins or loses. It's a clean, easy-to-use app. Um, I uh, I don't bet NFL games. You guys know this because I'm an NFL reporter, and that would be my version of insider trading. But on everything else, the Superbook Sports app has incredibly great odds and beneficial odds boost for you. Go to Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. So, who do you think stock hurt the worst or whose stock took the biggest hit last night? Let's talk about it. Uh, the whole offensive line, says Cody Holzier. Yeah, man. Uh, the They don't have... Uh, we were sitting in the we were sitting in the booth and you guys are... More of you guys are getting to know Sam Phelan, um, who's our uh, second... Titans reporter for A to Z sports.com and looking at the looking at the offensive line depth just generally, 
I can name three tackles on the roster, but their fourth is a drop off that would be horrendous. They don't, and really, even their beyond Lawan, like I don't trust their offensive, their their tackles in pass pro right now. Petit Frere or Dylan Radens. I think the entire offensive line depth is not good. Um, now, a lot of teams have poor offensive line depth. Turns out there's not a lot of great offensive linemen. But they uh, they are really, really poor. Really, really poor in front of both quarterbacks. And uh, it was my understanding that the only reason Lawan played last night is because Mike wanted, uh, because Vrabel wanted to take a look at Malik with like decent protection. And you knew you weren't going to get it with the kind of guys that they were playing. Now, Lawan didn't play a bunch of snaps. I think he ended up playing like, I think he played the first series. Um, and that was about it. And frankly, I was shocked to see him play that much. But yeah, they're really, really bad. Like they're just really, really bad as a unit at this point. Uh, Kevin Petway said Logan Woodside. You know, I that was my initial takeaway too, Kevin, as I mentioned at the top of the show. But like I went back and watched Logan, and his his decision making was not bad. Like the interception is 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 the thing you can't turn the ball over. And if that's what ends up damning him, then you know that that's that's okay. You cannot have a situation where the backup quarterback is inserted in the lineup in a game of consequence and he turns the ball over because he can't put enough on it to get it downfield to an open Traylon Burks. Like it's just, it's just not, it's not going to, he, he does not, he, he has not proved his worth for a practice or for a roster spot right now, especially if the turnovers continue. Um, looking at the offensive line though, I think that's probably my biggest concern because I'm looking at their offensive line and pass protection again and being like, Oh God, they're not good enough again in front of Ryan Tannehill. And it was interesting because I asked Dylan Ray, I talked to Dylan Raiden's in the locker room last night. And when he said that he got better at the things that he was looking to improve his confidence in, um, you know, I'd be curious to know, cause this was directly after the game when we were in the locker room with all of them. And I'd be curious to know if he felt the same way when he went back and watched it on tape before or, you know, when he watched it last night, when he watched it this morning, whenever he watched it. I'd be curious to know what Dylan Raiden's honest assessment was. Feeling Iowa? Uh, pretty well. I mean, it wasn't perfect. There's a lot of things to improve on. Um, but overall, I think I gained a lot of confidence in the areas that I was looking to gain confidence in. And, uh, yeah, just looking uh, looking forward to uh, getting into next week. So, What, what areas are those? Uh, I'd say just like uh, before I was asked questions, this run game, obviously switching to the right side. I feel like I'm a better run blocker than pass blocker. And tonight I just felt like it yeah, obviously wasn't perfect, but just being able to work on my pass game a lot and get a good punches in and just get the feet correct, I think uh, I think that helped me gain a lot of confidence today. For the offense as a unit, though, to be able to like have opportunities to capitalize points off the turnovers, how big was that for you guys? Um, it was huge. Our defense came in clutch tonight. Uh, obviously, we had a few, uh, a lot of penalties on offense, so we got to fix that uh, moving forward. But uh, yeah, our defense ca- uh, capitalized, got us the ball in uh, short field situations, and we were able to capitalize on those situations. So. Thanks, buddy. So that was Dylan Raidens in the locker room last night. Uh, it is the sports primetime from the Superbook Sports Studio. Download the Superbook Sports app. They'll match your first bet up to $1,000. The offensive line situation, um, you know, like as a starting unit, right tackle is clear. Right tackle is probably the most glaring hole on the roster, just flatly. Corner, feel pretty good about. Defensive line, you like the depth there. Uh, I I really like the, the group of running backs that the Titans have on the roster. Wide receivers, I feel that they are stable. 
um, as a group, and the tight ends are a clear and obvious improvement. If I look around on the football team and I say, okay, where's the one place where I'm looking at and saying this is not a good situation, it's at right tackle. Uh, It's August 21st. We are close enough to the first game of the season, September 11th, against the New York Giants here at home for me to say that Dylan Raiden should not be the starter at right tackle. I don't think that that means Nick Petit-Frere is is a good right tackle either. In fact, I don't think he's ready for what that may look like in week one, nor week two against somebody like Vaughn Miller. Uh, who is their week three opponent? I need to go through and look at the schedule, but like there are going to be some pass rushers that cause them problems, and they're going to need to default to what they do the best, which is run the football, but that could, you know, that will bring about some... I think people will start to get angsty if they don't throw the ball more on first down. But obviously, they're trying to make sure that they can play to the strengths of their players right now. And the strength of their players right now are not are not pass pro. Like it's it's a it's a really really tough scene at this point. In fact, I would make the argument. I would make the argument that they would do well to get another right tackle who can play for them before these two. Like when roster cuts continue to come around, uh, Tuesday at 3 p.m. will be the second round of cuts. They'll go from 85 to 80 around the league. And then the following Tuesday at 3 p.m., they'll have to get down to 53. So when that 53 mass cut comes around across the league, I would hope that they find somebody who can give them some kind of some kind of benefit on that right side that was a, a cap casualty that you know maybe has a little more experience that just is more technically sound a little bit at, and that they that comes from a similar system so that they can go off and and kind of you know so that they don't so they're not not putting themselves in a hole right out the gate because I don't think either of these two guys are ready yet but I think the bigger concern is the fact that Raidens is clearly and obviously not the answer at this point. I don't know where Dylan Radens fits in, if Dylan Radens fits in, um, and whether he'll pan out as a second-round pick of this franchise. But what I do know is that he's not ready right now. And I think that a a move in some form or fashion, um, trading for a veteran, I think is less likely. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens when the uh, third round of roster cuts comes about. So Dylan Raiden's stock down. Let's wrap tonight's show up with this is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet this weekend. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff on the internet this weekend. In fact, today, Mike Rabel got his coach of the year award from Teresa Walker. It was a very wholesome moment uh, where there are not a lot of wholesome moments that take place at Mike's press conferences. But today, or rather yesterday, there was a big story making the rounds about Dana White, Rob Gronkowski, and Tom Brady potentially the two of them playing for the Las Vegas Raiders under John Gruden, which was the source of some consternation when Brady made an appearance on LeBron James's shop. So the question that I want to ask you before I play you this clip on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch is this. Uh, how many times has Tom Brady violated the tampering policy in the NFL? That's the question that I want to know the answer from you on. How many times has Tom Brady violated the tampering rule in the NFL? We're going to talk about this together right after I remind you about the place that you go for the Intel Edge. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. 
the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of A to Z Sports Primetime and my radio show, is the Ashton team. Not just because they have the best intel, not just because they're the official real estate team of your favorite teams, not just because I love working with Gary and I love working with his team, but because they will help you maximize your position in this red-hot Nashville real estate market. Whether you need to sell your home without any stagings or showings, the Ashton team has you with that Intel edge. That Intel can help you find your next home while the market remains stead steadily climbing at this point in Middle Tennessee. That Intel can help you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity now. GaryAshton.com, that's where you go for the Intel edge you need to succeed. So don't sell without the Intel. You can go to GaryAshton.com. Uh, the best thing that I saw on the internet this week, how many times has Tom Brady violated the tampering policy? Uh, <laughs> um, how many times, as many times as he won, it's Tom Brady, says Derek R. That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> clap, guys. Put your phone down and clap. I lost count, uh, says Steven, talking about uh, Mike Vrabel. And then on the second part, Tom Brady. Yeah, Mike Vrabel was pretty funny today. Zero times. Tom Brady can do no wrong. And Brady, we trust, says Stephen King. More times than anybody will know, that's probably the correct answer from Dave Samsel on Facebook Live. Certainly uh, would seem to be the case with Brady trying to orchestrate a coup, essentially, to become part-time owner of the Dolphins and then eventually play quarterback with them, twice flirting with tampering with the Dolphins in ways that have lost the Dolphins' draft picks because they uh, tampered while he was a Patriot and they tampered while he was a Buck. But apparently there was a storyline that we were not uh, privy to until yesterday when Dana White let it slip on the UFC ESPN Plus broadcast, I believe, uh, with Rob Gronkowski and his entire family, the Gronk and Brady almost ended up in Vegas. Yep. Dana, I was just wondering, uh, the uh, Gronks, the uh, Gronk telecast, the uh, what they did was pretty Actually, that's the wrong clip. I'm going to play the clip from last night first, and then I'm going to play the Dana White press conference clip. My bad. I'm the one, I, I, I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And Whoa. all Whoa. hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. And, and, and Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Gronk was on that broadcast and confirmed that that was something that happened, that they were almost both Raiders. And then Dana White was asked about it in the press conference today. Yep. Dana, I was just wondering, uh, the uh, Gronk's, the uh, Gronk telecast, the uh, what they did was pretty interesting. I know that uh, it's, it's probably more a Vegas question than anything else, but what you revealed with, with Derek Carr and Gronk wanting to play for the uh, for the Raiders, at least it was close. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I didn't want to talk about that, no, but uh, he, he sort of sucked me into it on live TV. Um, yeah, it's true. And, and, you know, I talked Brady into playing for the Raiders, and uh, Gronk was coming with him. And they were negotiating the deal, and they were really close to getting it done, and then Gruden pulled the deal, and Brady was not happy about it. Neither was I, and... Um, yeah, and that's that. He went to the Buccaneers and won the Super Bowl. I don't know if there. I wanted Brady at the, at, you know what I mean? <laughs> Crazy. But, yeah, 
It's true, and I thought that I would never tell that story publicly, but uh, I don't know what the hell Gronk was doing tonight that he, that he brought that up, but uh, yeah, yeah. What could have been, I guess, huh? Yeah, it, w- it would have been amazing for the city and would have been amazing for the Raiders. I mean, their, f- their first year there, they got Brady and Gronk, you know, so, yeah. So now we know who Tom Brady was talking about. Remember the story a couple of uh, a, a couple of what? I mean, I guess about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago, where Tom Brady did the shop, which is LeBron James's HBO show, and they were talking about his free agency with Tom. Tom they were talking to Brady about his free agency, and he went into a discussion about you know. I almost went to a particular team, but they ended up choosing somebody over me. And I'm paraphrasing, but basically the line was, really, you're choosing this effing guy over me? And this effing guy ended up being Derek Carr. And now Tom Brady has a Super Bowl. Oof. Goodness. That's a tough scene um, for that to be revealed on the UFC broadcast last night. But a pretty interesting nugget. Um, And shows you how some of these deals get done with a lot of people who are pulling a lot of different strings in cities across America when it comes to getting the greatest quarterback in the history of the sport. That's going to do it for us tonight. So, well, I guess to answer my own question, how many times has the Tom Brady has Tom Brady in some form or fashion been involved with tampering, whether he's been tampered with or he's been doing the tampering? Um, the correct answer is we. The, the, there isn't a number. Infinite. The, the infinity sign. That's how many times Tom Brady has tampered or been tampered with. Anyway. That's going to do it for us tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Appreciate you all. Strong numbers tonight. Football season. I love the way that you guys engage. Thank you as always. We'll be back tomorrow night at about 8 p.m. Central Time, and we'll go through what I learned at practice on Monday, later afternoon practice for the Titans, and we'll go through some details on that. Uh, Radio show tomorrow. Charles Davis is going to be on. He, of course, uh, Vol for Life, uh, CBS Sports, or the NFL on CBS, and the he does the Titans preseason game. So Charles Davis, we will enjoy talking with him, and we'll get into a little more detail about a lot more players that we didn't necessarily have time for here on the primetime show. Uh, we will, uh, yeah, so 10 a.m. tomorrow on the radio show, and then primetime tomorrow night after Titans practice concludes. Have a great rest of your weekend. I'm going to go see if I can't catch the, uh, the end of the, well, I don't know if I want to watch the end of the first Game of Thrones episode, but I guess I'll just have to wait till 9. See you guys.